want to, I, I just want to go through Jesus' life and study it, study the chronological aspects of his life as we find them in the four Gospels. Uh, yesterday morning, on my way to church, I continually had the phrase in my head of the Apostle Paul's when he said, I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I love finding all of the All of the, there's just so many cool things in scripture that if we're not careful, we can make their own um, revelations. You know, we feel like we got a certain and special revelation. And I just want to take some time and focus on Jesus Christ. I want to know the details of Jesus Christ, what Jesus taught his disciples, how he taught them, where he was when he taught them. And so I'm going to start today with Jesus' baptism. This baptism thing is mind-blowing to me. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. That's the specialness of Jesus Christ, that not just that he came, but that he came and lived this life, was tempted in all points like we are, yet he didn't blow it, not one time. Not one time did Jesus make a mistake that brought sin on his soul. And you know, John baptized unto repentance. And John had no problem calling the religious people out. He had no problem facing them down. But when Jesus came to him in Matthew chapter 3, he said, why are you coming to me to be baptized? This is, he didn't say this is a baptism of repentance. We know that from the earlier verses. But what he did say is, it's I who need baptism of thee. All the years that John was in ministry, John never questioned that he was the authority figure in the situation. And in Matthew 3.15, Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it be so, or allow this to happen. For thus it becometh us, becometh means it's, it's seemly, it's fit, it is fit for us to fulfill 
all righteousness. And that is what really stands out to me that Jesus did for us that is so important in this baptism is he came out of the chute saying it is important for us to fulfill all righteousness. It becometh us. It's fit for us. Some other definitions of the word becometh is this is from a Greek word that is somewhere along the lines of prepo. It becometh us. And it also means to stand out, to be conspicuous, seemly, and fit. It, it's important. It becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. It's fit for us to be conspicuous in this situation. It's important. It becometh us. It, let's stand out and fulfill all righteousness. Let's stand out, be conspicuous to fulfill all righteousness. It's fit for us, Jesus said, to fulfill all righteousness. And he did say us because he was partnering with John in this. Jesus was going to be baptized, but he needed John. It's it's an us. It's a partnership in fulfilling righteousness. Matthew, or Jesus said something later in Matthew chapter 5 or 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. I came to fulfill the law. Jesus came to fulfill all righteousness. Fulfill means to make or render full, to carry into effect, to bring to realization, bring to realization. I did not come to destroy the law. I am come to fulfill it. Jesus said, I have come to fulfill righteousness. I have come to bring to realization what righteousness is. You know, Jesus was never a sinner. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. That's what John's whole ministry was about, preparing the way for the Messiah. And Jesus was never a sinner, and so that's why John was saying, you don't need to be baptized of me. I need to be baptized of you. Because John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. But Jesus' baptism brings us to a realization that repentance is also for the Christian. If Christ was baptized into repentance, then surely those of us who are Christians must immerse ourselves in repentance. We must immerse ourselves in repentance. By the way, that's my door you hear squeak every morning. I need to WD-40 it, but I, I don't want 
this devotion time to be studio time. And so I, I record this devotion sitting in my living room in my devotion spot because I don't want it to be studio time. So you get my morning house sounds and that's just how this is going to be. <laughs> I have a studio upstairs, but I want this to be my devotion time. So I'll WD-40 up that door for those of you who don't like the squeaking. For those of you who hear the squeaking, uh, when you hear that door squeak, you can say a pray for, prayer for Morgan because that's her going out to work. She teaches in, in a public elementary school here. So John's baptism was repentance and we're talking about the Christ. We're talking about the Christ. If the Christ was baptized into repentance, saying this is how we fulfill all righteousness, then those of us who follow the Christ and therefore have the honor of being called a Christian must also immerse ourselves in repentance. When you are a Christian, you know one of the first things that you do to be born again is you come to a place of repentance. All have sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, the scripture says I was born in sin and shapen in iniquity. This is who we are. We are born with the mark of sin on us because of Eve's decision and Adam's decision in the garden. And so I understand why we need to repent, but why was Jesus baptized unto repentance? The word repentance is comes from a Greek word which means mataneo. Let me see if I can say that better. Matanoia? Yeah, I'm certainly not a Greek scholar, but I have a Greek concordance where I can copy and paste the pronunciation in my notes. <laughs> but repentance does mean a change of something he has done, a change of something that we have done. And so... When John was baptizing these people, he was saying, bring forth fruit, meat, for repentance. The word meat means that matches. Bring forth fruit in your life that matches, improves repentance. And so when we first come to God, part of our new birth experience is to recognize that we come to him as sinners. And therefore, we need to repent and we need God's mercy and grace on us. But repentance means more than that. Repentance also means a change of mind, a change of a purpose that we have formed, or a change of something we have done to change our life. Repentance is changing our mind and purpose from our own nature to take on the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16 talks about the mind of Christ. And we need to take 
the mind of Christ on ourselves, coming to a place of repentance where we change our mind from the way our thought patterns are to his thought patterns. And we change our purpose from our own ambition to, Lord, I am your hands, your feet, your voice. And so therefore, I want to fulfill your purpose and not my purpose. Jesus prayed in the garden, not my will, but your will be done. In the, in the Lord's prayer, Jesus prayed after he led them through our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Praying thy will. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Praying thy will is it's the same as what Jesus prayed in the garden when he said, Not my will, but your will be done. So, changing our mind and our purpose to be that of Christ's is, a, is an important surrender. Romans 12, 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. That's what repentance is for the Christian. The Christian may sometimes fall. The scripture says, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. We live in a culture that wants to pacify conviction by saying when we sin. Oh, we're all going to sin. But the scripture phrases it, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. If. We shouldn't be living a lifestyle that just includes, oh, oh, I'm going to sin. We should be living a lifestyle that if we sin, we fall on the mercies of God and repent and ask God to forgive us if we sin. The way we get to a place where we're not sinning as consistently as we did when we were first born again is we create habits and disciplines and we move away from the things, the traps of our lifestyle that cause us to fall into sin easily and quickly if we sin. So if we're living a life where we are free from the habits that we had before we came to God and, and we don't find ourselves in the dregs of sin like we did in the past, how do we get to that place? We get to that place by coming to a renewing of our mind, Romans 12, 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How are we transformed? By the renewing of your mind. When we're not conformed to the world, we're able to prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. And I, I don't believe these are various levels of the will of God. I believe this is these are 
synonyms further describing the will of God. The will of God is good, it is also acceptable, and it is also perfect. <laughs> Be not conformed to this world. Prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Prove it. Prove it in your life. Prove it in your home. Prove it in your community. Prove what is good and acceptable and what is the perfect will of God. Well, that sounds like a lot. That sounds like a, a lot of responsibility, and I know my own habits and faults. So how do I get around to proving the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God? I do it by the renewing of my mind. And so when you learn that repentance isn't just turning from bad behavior, but it's also a change of mind, turning how we think. It also means a change of purpose. Jesus said, let it be so. We've, we've got to go through this baptism process, John. We must fulfill all righteousness. Let us immerse ourselves as followers of Christ in a daily baptism of repentance. And that word repentance is not 100% about you having sin or living a life of sin. It is, it is about changing our mind, having, having a, a, a fluid mind that, that can change. You know, our, our, the older we get, the less plasticity our brain has unless we keep it active. So they, you know, they've come up with apps now that help your mind continually engage to learn new, new tricks. Because if you keep it in that moldable place, an older person can still learn and grow and, and, and that mind can become. And that is what a daily baptism of repentance does for us. I've seen Christians who have been living for God for decades and they have no mind to see the new things God has for them. They become elders and their bodies break down on them and they come to a point where they are, are feeling like there's nothing new for me. There is newness. As long as we are in this body, there is newness. We, we, find, we find John in Revelation as an old man. Just, wow, getting all of this vision and insight of the future. We find apostles who are continually immersing themselves in that change of mind, that repentance, a baptism of daily repentance does for us. We find them in scripture looking toward the future. This is what the future is going to be like. This is what the future holds. This is the power of the future. This is the anointing of the future. This is the authority of the future. We as Christians, we can't get so stuck in our past of, the, well, this is how we live for God in, in my day. And I'm not at all talking about going away from the old paths. I'm talking about the fact that if we 
immerse ourselves in a daily baptism of repentance where our mind is changed to be like Christ's mind and our purpose is surrendered to take on his purpose, then, then God is able to infuse in us an ability to be excited even in our in our elder years, even in our senior years, to be excited about the future. To one of my favorite people that I, I hope to God, God gives me the strength and the courage and the partners to help me mimic is Brother J.T. Pugh. And it's my understanding that he would ask his son or, or someone, I, I think it was his son, but he would be taken to a Starbucks and dropped off at Starbucks, Starbucks in the morning. And he would set up a search for truth Bible study chart. And he became the, the elder face in that Starbucks where he was able to advise all of these young business people who would come in and sit and have their coffee and have their their lunch and have their time. They were drawn to him. He became somebody in his elder years who was available to them. He taught them the word. He was a soul winner. He he couldn't walk up the steps to the to the pulpit and he couldn't uh, uh, do what he used to do as an evangelist. He couldn't travel all the time, but he didn't let that stop him. He would go to Starbucks and set himself up. Oh, what a forward-thinking man that even when his body was, his earthen vessel was proving its frailty, he was still of a mind. What a youthful mind that is. Take me where the young people are. I have things to say to them. Take me where people are still hustling and bustling. I have things to say to them. When we live with a baptism of repentance, it doesn't mean that we've been back in the drug culture or, or we've gone back to the ways that we did before we found God initially. It means we're seeking God for a change of mind, a change of purpose, a willingness to think like Christ, a willingness to live each day to fulfill Christ's purpose rather than our own. Thank you, Jesus. God, help us. Help us, Lord, to come to that place where you can change our minds. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you will let my mind take on your mind. Let my purpose be your purpose. Let my jobs not be about my jobs, but I'm on the job to fulfill your purpose. Where's your purpose in this day? Here are my hands, Lord. Here is my mind. Cleanse me, Lord, of all unrighteousness. Cleanse me, Lord, of unrighteousness. Forgive me, Lord, for every way, every behavior that is not like you. Cleanse me, Lord. Lord, I pray that you will baptize me with a change of mind, a change of purpose. 
Let me do what you need me to do. Let me think like you. In Jesus' name, help us, Lord, to do your will in all things. 